The mailbag. Welcome to the Just Baseball Show. It is Wednesday, August 23rd. That's Arm Lane, and I'm Peter Apple, and we are here to answer all the great questions that you left on our Instagram at Just Baseball Show and on our Twitter at Just BB underscore media. I get DMs all the time. How do I submit questions? Remember, we drop those the morning before we will do the show. So yeah. for a Wednesday show, we drop them on Tuesday morning. You leave all of the questions in the comments, and then we pick the best seven, and we had a ton to choose from, Arm Layton. But before we get to any of those questions, we are brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use promo code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. And if the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER and must be 21 or older. Arm, we were talking um, as we configured our list, a lot of bangers, mm-hmm. a lot of bangers. Yeah, I, this is a fun one because I think we're at the point now where we can really start diving into the playoff race. Um, you know, I know we already have been doing that, but I think you know, from a mailbag perspective. And then also we get to mix in just some fun philosophical, like I almost call these like off-season type questions, but they're they're nice palate cleansers this time of year. Uh, that you know, just stuff that that you know you could probably end up debating about, and it probably will start some debates in uh, listeners' group chats. You know, when 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 we get through some of this uh, with two of the questions that we have in here, so. Yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about the playoff hunts, uh, players, key players, and then some some kind of fun, I wouldn't say whimsical, but like fun philosophical type questions uh, about like kind of building a team and stuff like that. Definitely. And if you're watching this on YouTube, quick shameless plug. A lot of people watch these mailbag episodes on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button and comment anything that we said that's crazy or if you agree with us arm without further ado i say we get straight into it because like i said a lot of great questions Mm -hmm. and we will be talking like you and i normally do we say (laughs) uh we'll probably do 55 minutes to an hour ends up being four hours so let's just get straight into it the first question who is the most impactful player for every current playoff team this was asked by at just underscore lions on twitter arm i have the team's Loaded up. Yeah. And they said playoff team contending team. So what I'm going to do in the American League and the National League, there are the, of course, first playoff teams, as in the leaders of each division. But instead of going through every team that could possibly be within contention, I say we limit it to the first four wildcard teams. Yes. So all three first place teams. And then the first four in the wild card hunt. So we'll start in the American League East. 
the first place Orioles. Who's the most impactful player for the Orioles? That's funny. We're starting with like, I think one of the more debatable ones where there's a lot of different directions. I think you can go with Baltimore because uh, here's one thing before we get into this. Is it, is it more like impactful in terms of like, this is like their best player or the player that could make the biggest difference, right? Because if you're looking at like, we'll get to the Dodgers in a second. I don't really have any questions about what Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman are going to do. Would it be more impactful for somebody else to step up? You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, w- What's the way that you kind of interpret this one? The way I interpret it is if they're in a playoff race and this team were to get or this player were to get injured and okay. they would be out, you feel yeah. a lot less a lot positive about their chances yeah. of winning. So yeah. the most important player doesn't gotcha. necessarily mean most talented. Mm-hmm. Or more, or not even most productive. Technically, you know, it, it it could just be the most impactful. So with the Orioles, I think we might have the same answer here. For me, it's going to be Adley Rutschman, right? Because when you look at the the drop off from, you know, a, an Adley to a James McCann, like that's that's a big difference. You talk about the offensive side of things. We just did an episode about how they are their winning percentage is like two x when Adley Rutschman is on the field. Not not only is he a key bat for them, but I think what he does defensively, what he brings to the table, the way he handles the staff, also as a switch hitter as well. Um, I, I think you got to go Adley Rutschman with the Orioles, and I, I I would be extremely concerned about them if he got hurt. To your point, I don't know if there's anybody else where I'm like fully fully changing my outlook on them if if they went down. You took the words right out of my mouth, Minnesota Twins. This is a more interesting one. Because you could go to a pitcher, whether that be Sonny Gray or Pablo Lopez, or you could find someone offensively. And my answer might surprise some people because this player has not lived up to his enormous contract that he signed in the offseason. But I think potentially the most impactful player for the Twins has to be Carlos Correa. Because right they're leading this division right now. And it's hard to pick a certain pitcher. Like, is Sonny Gray more important or impactful than Pablo Lopez or Joe Ryan or Bailey Ober? Probably not. Dallas Buxton, Keuchel. <laughs> yeah, Dallas Keuchel. Buxton is not quite the answer because he's just so hit or miss at this point. Mm-hmm. But if Carlos Correa is on, and we've only seen it in spurts this year, I think he's the most impactful player. But then again, I'm kind of going back on my original point of if Carlos Correa was hurt for the Twins, he's kind of not been that great for them this year. But that's the first name that comes to my mind when I think impactful for the Twins. Yeah, and but you know we're talking about playoff contenders, and Carlos Correa is already one of the most accomplished postseason players in the history of, of the game. Like I, I don't, I, I like I'm floored every time I look at the all time leaders and and X playoff stat. And Correa is among the best. And it's like, what? what? He's only been here for like five, six years. So I think that's the number one answer because one, even with him not playing well, like he's still one of their most consistent, you know, bat to ball guys. He's still been somewhat productive and he's still a, a pretty solid defender. Um, and again, what you get in the postseason. For, for the sake of being different, I'm going to go with Pablo Lopez here because I love the way he's been throwing the baseball um, and I feel like, yes, you've got Sonny Gray. 
I trust Bailey Ober in the regular season, but now with with the way the rotation kind of looks, it's like, okay, you trust Pablo Lopez, you trust Sonny Gray, but now like who gets the, the ball game three that you really trust? Is it Kenta Maeda? Is it Bailey Ober? Like those guys might be able to hold it down, but it's not the same level of, hey, like go out and shove that I can feel with Lopez or Gray when they're on. So offensively, I'm with you with, with Carlos Correa, but for the sake of being different and, and also because I do think that Lopez has turned into a really important piece for them, uh, I'll go Pablo Lopez here. The first place Rangers have a obvious answer, but I'm not going to go obvious. Marcus Semien, I think, is the most impactful player for the Rangers. First off, he's played every single day. So the Rangers don't know what it's like playing without Marcus Semyon. They stayed afloat without Corey Seager. Now, Corey Seager is putting up a historic season for a shortstop offensively. He is amazing. But I think Marcus Semyon is the most important player to get this offense going. Without him, they don't really have a leadoff type hitter, right? You could go to Ezekiel Duran, but... I'd much rather have Marcus Semyon with how balanced and deep the Rangers offense is. If they were to lose Semyon, I think it'd be more impactful to their team than it would be losing Corey Seager, even though Seager is the better player. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I like the point of they don't really know what it's like not to play with Marcus Semyon. I I think if Marcus Semyon, God forbid, went down, I think Bruce Bochy would still write his name in the lineup because he's so used to just like having him in there every single day. Um, Seager, yeah, I mean, what he's doing offensively is otherworldly, but like you said, they've been performing without him. I look at the rotation though with this team, and I'm like, man, who do I who do I really trust? And all, and an underrated aspect of of I think someone that if he went down, they'd be in trouble is Jordan Montgomery. I know that sounds crazy, I, but again, like I want to try to give a different answer than than what you gave, yeah. and, I, and I think that this is right there too. Jamon just won eight shutty uh, against Arizona, Arizona, uh, who's been playing good ball by the way. In his four starts with Texas so far, it's been six innings, two runs, six innings, two runs, six innings, one run, eight innings shutty. And you look at this rotation. Yes, they got Max Scherzer. I, <laughs> At this point, I know you guys are talking about it. I think I almost trust Jamon right now more than I trust Max Scherzer, as crazy as that sounds. And then you look at like John Gray, sure, he's fine. Andrew Heaney, you know, sure, he has his moments. Dane Dunning, like, yeah, it's been a nice story. Who do you trust in this rotation right now? For me, I, I, I'll trust Matt. I'll die on the Max Scherzer Hill. I understand that. Like, you signed up to die on the Max Scherzer Hill. But right now, I think big game, you know, we need to win one. I think I've given the ball to Jamon. And if they lost him, I, I, I'd be real nervous outside of Max Scherzer. I know they lost that game to the Diamondbacks when Jordan Montgomery threw those eight shutout innings. It really happened because he threw eight shutout. They were winning 1-0 and then a rolled his Chapman gave up the home run to Cattell Marte in, I think it was the bottom of the ninth inning. And then they ended up losing 4-3. to But that start in itself, those eight innings were so impactful because the series before against the Brewers None of the starters got past the fifth inning. That Mm -hmm. bullpen was completely taxed, Mm -hmm. right? They went to Will Smith, even though Will Smith had been getting a ton of work in the past couple of days, and he ended up blowing it in extra innings. So Jordan Montgomery did all that he could. They needed length. That's what he gave him. And not only did he give him length, 
Eight Shuddy. Love that answer from you. Now we go to the four teams in the wild card in the American League. And number one is the Tampa Bay Rays, who are four and a half games up. This one for me, I'm going between two different players. But I think with all the injuries to the starting rotation, Tyler Glass now has to be the answer. Yeah. Because yeah. if they were to lose Tyler Glass now, and then it's Eflin, Savali, Zach Littell, that just... And Zach Eflin's been fantastic, right? Yeah. But Tyler Glass now injects a little bit more life than a Zach Eflin does. I mean, that's a guy that can just go, he can go win you a ball game. That's it. Like exactly. he will win you a ball game if he's right. Put the team on his back. That's what Glass now can do. Eflin has done that in spurts, but game one, who do you think is getting the ball? Yeah. Tyler Glass now, the big damn horse with the six foot eight yeah. curveball from hell. I mean, yeah. he is just a bad man. And if they were, if he were to go down, it's crazy. Kind of it's, it's, it's a yeah. it's a wrap. I, I can't even give you like a devil's advocate different answer because as much as I'd like to say like Yandy Diaz or whatever, like we've learned very like it's it's abundantly clear that the Rays will find a way to kind of platoon and piece it together and put together a good offensive team and like you know they've they've brought up Aranda and Mead and I don't know if these rookies will perform right away and they definitely won't replace Yandy Diaz, but at least I feel decent about that contingency plan. I don't feel good about whoever the hell they're bringing up to replace Tyler Glass now in that rotation. I don't even feel good about what they're doing right now with the rotation. So, yeah, I I can't even give a different answer as much as we're going to try to give two different perspectives as we fly through these teams. It's Glass now, and it's not particularly close. Um, And and they need him to be right. You can make a good argument for Yanni Diaz, but I agree. It's Glass now. So moving on, the Houston Astros are a half game above the Seattle Mariners in the wildcard chase as we speak here today. The Astros is an interesting one because you look at their rotation. Javier continues to disappoint. Framber, I mean, if he were to go down, that would be pretty impactful. But you do have Verlander and JP France. Like I keep pointing to the expected numbers and the peripherals and he just keeps saying, fuck you. I don't care. I'm just going to keep shoving. So they have enough. And of course, Hunter Brown, the bullpen. No. So we got to pick a hitter. Now, Jordan went out, but they still did okay. I think for an all around game and the clutch factor too. Kyle Tucker is a dog because not only has he been one of the best offensive players in the American league, he is one of the best defenders in the outfield. So just from an all around game, and then we've seen Kyle Tucker play center field, right? Mm -hmm. He won't have to because Chaz McCormick is now hitting fifth and he's been a beast, but I just think the best overall player. Now Jordan is the best hitter. Altuve is the spark plug. Bregman is the model of consistency, but the best all-around player, and if he were to go down, I think it's Kyle Tucker. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, Kyle Tucker is is the glue of this team now. And, you know, Altuve, as you mentioned, awesome. Bregman, awesome. But I think those guys are – I think it would be severely underselling them to say, like, they're like – you know, the Robins at this point, because they're, you know, there's a good chance that Altuve is, yeah, he just picked up his 2000th hit. He's well on his way to the Hall of Fame and uh, is still playing at an extremely high level. But, you know, you're seeing Kyle Tucker just enter his prime. And, and we're talking about now a thir- three straight four win seasons. 
I, I think Kyle Tucker is the most important guy offensively for them. But I, I'm still a little concerned about this rotation, man. Like it just, it, I, I, I agree with you. Like they have had guys piece it together to get them through the regular season. But we know with this Astros team, it's World Series or bust, as it's always going to be. And Framber's the guy that's gotten them there and and put together the quality starts on the big stage every single time, it feels like. And, and he's been a little bit inconsistent. I think if you take Framber out of this rotation, I am a lot more worried about this team in the postseason just because – Again, you mentioned Javier's struggles. Um, I, you know, Hunter Brown's been been solid, and and France has been really solid, better than solid. But again, in the postseason, I don't I don't trust those guys at the same level. Like you could have Framber Valdez limp into the playoffs, and I'm still feeling good when I give him the ball in the first you know in the first postseason game. And for me, that's that's going to be the guy that I need to to have any optimism around the the Houston Astros. Uh, it's not much of a, of a of a consolation prize, but Michael Brantley coming back may help the offense a little bit. We, we don't know what we're going to get from him. Uh, but yeah, Framber's just that dog. He's for me, he's the most consistent arm uh, in, in baseball, even though he's had a little bit of a hiccup lately. If it wasn't for JP France, I would have chosen Framber. Yeah, seriously. I know that's like a crazy <laughs> sentence, but yeah, imagine if you said <laughs> that's just that sentence in a vacuum, like in, in April, I would have just been like, what? <laughs> Nurse, I think is maybe the easiest outside of Baltimore. Julio Rodriguez yeah, makes this team go. Yeah, I can't even. Should we move on? Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, look, look at look look at what he's doing right now. Look at what the Mariners yeah. are doing. It it's that simple. It's that simple. It's that the simple. staff's ridiculous. So like, you can plug and play. Toronto Blue Jays. Mm. I think there are two key answers here. If Kevin Gosman were to go down, this team may be screwed. But at the same time, like Kikuchi has been great. Barrios has been great. Bassett has been pretty damn good. Not at to the level of those two, but still solid. I think Bo Bichette is so important for this Blue Jays team, dude. Because if he went down, the rest of this Blue Jays lineup has simply not hit to the level of expectations that fans everywhere thought they would, especially yeah. Blue Jays fans. You could point to George Springer and Vladdy and Chapman, but all three of those guys have got great seasons. Bouchette is the guy that's keeping this team. It, it's funny, man. I, I look at the I look at the lineup and you kind of go through it and it's like okay, other Whit Merrifield, great. But Brandon Belt, slightly disappointing. I know he homered twice the other day. Vlad Guerrero Jr., disappointing. George Springer, somewhat disappointing. Matt Chapman, pretty much since the second month of the season. Disappointing. Alejandro Kirk, disappointing. Dalton Varsho, disappointing. And it's relative, right? They haven't been disasters, but none of those guys have performed to the way that you want to see them perform. Bo Bichette has performed and continues to get better and better. And this looks like another guy who's kind of entering that prime. So I I'm with you offensively. It's, it's Bichette. On the pitching side, though, man, I, I, Chris Bassett's a good regular season arm. Kikuchi's a good regular season arm. But I, I mean, I, I need I need a guy that I can really trust. It's it's got to be Kevin Gossman. Um, so for me, I think it's a tie between Gossman and Bichette, and and I think it's them and then nobody else. Like I don't think it's close with anybody else. Uh, I'm a hundred percent on the uh, on the Bichette train, but Gossman as well. So that's it for the American League. 
Let's move on to the National League. And we'll start with the first place Braves. This is a challenging one, Arm, because I think you could give an answer and all would make sense. Yeah. Right? Because they're all so good. But man, I look at this rotation. But then again, like I, I'm about to say, like, I want to pick a pitcher. But if Freed goes down, he's been down kind of for the entire all season. Year. But I'm more thinking about the playoff hunt, right? If it's just Strider, Morton, and Elder, they're going to have to really, really hit. So for me, and kind of similar to what you were talking about with Framber in the playoffs, Freed in the playoffs has been amazing. So while the Braves have been so amazing without Freed, I think Freed is so important to the Braves in the playoffs. You could say Acuna, sure. But damn, they could just put Ozzy Albies in the leadoff spot, and I'm sure they're they would still hit. They, you could take out Olsen. They still got Murphy and Riley. You could take out Riley. They still got Olsen. So I can't pick an offensive player. I think the answer, if you were to choose a player on offense, would be Acuna. And I think you'd be right. But I think if this team were to be without Freed, and I'm looking at that rotation going into October, I'm a lot more scared about the Braves than if they were to lose Acuna, which is crazy. And I don't even know if I believe it. I think I thought you were going to pick Nicky Lopez. I should pick Nicky Lopez. <laughs> like if we were to if we were to do our top five, Nicky Lopez would be like three. He's slotted in like three. No, so they won a World Series without Ronald Acuna Jr. Man, like, and that's not to diminish him. Like he's he's like the MVP favorite. He's unbelievable. He's everything that you could want out of a baseball player. Um, I I agree though. Like I, I still think this offense is a fucking wagon. Without Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, look at it. I mean, look at what Matt Olson's doing. Look at what Murphy's doing. Look at what Ozuna's going to hit 30 bombs this year. Like, it's crazy what they're getting. I, I I would go with with Freed as well. I think you could say Strider or Freed. I trust Freed more. Obviously, Strider's kind of working through some things in terms of consistency. So I'm with you. Max Freed is the answer. I mean, that's a guy that is just as consistent as they come on the bump. And a lefty that just... I think rises to the occasion every single time. Moving on to the National League Central, the Milwaukee Brewers arm. This is easy. If they don't have Christian Yelich, this team is not hitting anything like William Contreras, Willie Adamas, please. Nice hitters, please. Christian Yelich has put up a near MVP level season. If he's out of the lineup, the Brewers are not hitting anybody, no matter who steps on the mound. Uh, what you don't like, uh, and uh, Sal Freelich's been awesome, but just like a playoff lineup of like Carlos Santana, Sal Freelich, Rowdy Telez, Andrew Monastario, Bryce Terang, and Tyrone Taylor, like Sorry. and Joey Weimer. Like I, I like a lot of those players long term, but for the playoffs in 2023, I don't know about that. No, I'm with you, Yelich. I mean, the big reason why the the Brewers are where they are, maybe this is the best I think the Brewers have looked in a little bit is because they have Christian Yelich looking like Christian Yelich. So, yeah, without a doubt, I, I think you could go with, you know, if Brandon Woodruff wasn't back, Corbin Burns is the answer. But now Woodruff is back. Peralta is starting to show more flashes of Freddie Peralta. And, you know, Miley and, and Hauser have plugged in and been fine. And then the bullpen has really stepped up in a lot of ways um, and been really solid this year. Yeah, I, I think you got to go with with a Christian Yelich here. The Dodgers is almost impossible because if you say Mookie Betts, you're correct. If you say Freddie Freeman, you're correct. So just to not say either of those, 
I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. I think Clayton Kershaw is so unbelievably important to this Dodgers team. And that's why I see, I think they've limited his innings, right? Yeah. Moving forward, right? They need him as healthy as possible because you look at Julio Arias. And while he's also been a stud in the playoffs, he hasn't been that great this regular season. And those studly performances followed second in National League Cy Young voting, right? Followed incredible regular seasons. He's not a guy who I'm incredibly hyped to see in game one, right? Walker Bueller comes on the Just Baseball show every Monday. We love him. He's incredibly important to, towards the Dodgers' success. But it's hard to add him because he hasn't pitched yeah. the game for I mean, them this year. I don't think he would tell you like, yeah, give me the give me the ball game one. I, I, I'm going seven shutout. Like, I, I think he knows he can, but you don't know what you can physically do as you come back from your second TJ. So, I mean, that's that's a question as well. So it's very fair. And then you look at the rotation. This is the weakest Dodgers rotation, you know, not not by any fault of their own similar to the Rays where it's just been guys going down left and right. And, you know, now Gonsolin goes down as well. We know may has been out for a while. I, of course, Kershaw is the best of the bunch. Um, I think you could say Arias just because of what he's capable of doing in the postseason, but he's looked like a subdued version of himself. And I don't even think it would be crazy to say Bobby Miller because that guy's been nails over the course of the year, but Kershaw is the number one answer. But I think you can kind of pick anybody in the rotation. I'm going to pick the Hall of Famer, so I'm with you. But I think basically the answer should be any of their starters. Because even Lance Lynn, like he has been a godsend for them. This pitching staff would be in absolute hell right now if it weren't for Lance Lynn and, and Bobby Miller stepping up and, and plugging in, which is crazy to say about the L.A. Dodgers, but but that's where they're at. The Phillies. You can talk about the rotation, and this guy doesn't really field. But if Bryce Harper is not in the lineup, I'm not very excited about the Phillies, and I don't even care. Don't even care, Arm. If Bryce Harper ain't in the lineup, I feel a lot less confident about the Phillies. And you could talk about, well, there's more impactful, like Wheeler. If they don't have Wheeler, you know, the rotation looks really, really thin. If they don't have, you know, Trey Turner or – no, it's, it's Bryce Harper. That's my answer. Yeah, I mean, Harper's – I mean, like, again, the the word him, the adjective, yeah. descriptor, like it gets thrown out him. way too much. He is legitimately him. He has been him since he's been 16. Um, that that guy's as important as they come. But when I look at this rotation as well, Michael Lorenzen being acquired definitely helps hedge a lot of my concern around this rotation. Um, and, and I like the back end of this this bullpen. But if you get a short start from a guy, like I could just see things kind of get away relatively quickly. And I've just, I don't trust Aaron Nola at all. I know he's coming off one of his best starts that we've seen. And even then he gave up a pair of long balls. Fortunately, they were, you know, solo shots. I, I'm going to go with Wheeler on this one just because he might be the only arm I trust in a big game right now. I, I know Lorenzen's looks good, but. I mean, I know you ain't, you don't trust Taiwan Walker um, and Christopher Sanchez, like eh. Ranger Suarez continues to get banged up and just can't stay on the field. I'm going to go with Zach Wheeler because in a big game, I, th this guy's probably going to end up throwing on short rest. Like th th they're going to need him to, to pretty much carry that pitching staff. But again, I, if you say Bryce Harper is the answer to anything as it pertains to success, 
It's not going to be incorrect ever, ever. The Chicago Cubs. Now, I think Cody Bellinger has been amazing for them, not just offensively, but his defense in center field and then him even sliding over to first base when needed. But the addition of Jaime Candelario has been huge. Mm-hmm. You can talk about Dansby Swanson because while he's a 115 WRC plus guy, the defense at shortstop is all world. Nico Horner, the definition of solid for the Cubs. But that's the point, right? They have a lot of different important pieces on offense. If Justin Steele ain't on the bump, they're screwed, right? <laughs> We've gotten some good starts from Javier Assad, who I like. Stroman is banged up. Tyone is as hit or miss as any major league starter right now. Justin Steele is so important to the Cubs' success. If he is to go down, they are screwed. I mean, they're already trying to figure out who's going to plug in for Strell, right? It's like Drew Smiley. If Smiley doesn't work, it's going to be Wisniewski. If Wisniewski doesn't work, they might bring up Jordan Wicks from AAA. Like that is that is a tough spot to be. Hendricks, Assad, again, those are guys that I think can get you through the regular season and keep you afloat when they're on. Uh, but this offense has been performing. And, right. and yeah, Bellinger's, I think Bellinger's the most important, I think obviously the most important guy in their lineup and he's playing like an MVP. And I don't think, I don't think they're where they are without him, but you know, you do have some contingency plans at least. Whereas your contingency plan to Justin Steele is kind of like, it's a wrap. Your, your contingency yeah. plan to Justin Steele is Jordan Wicks. So you get, you take, one of the best left-handed pitchers in major league baseball this year. And now you bring up a really solid pitch ability guy in triple a. That's, that's the drop off. Whereas Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Like Like, like those guys are not filling in for Justin Steele. If Bellinger were to go down, they're able to mix and match. Maybe you you plug morale out there or you, you slide somebody around, you make things happen. Like, um, and you, you have an outfield that still includes Ian Happ, say a Suzuki. Uh, and, you know, I think they find a way to make that work in a vacuum. I think Bellinger is a more valuable player, but as it pertains to the roster, I'm with you. It's It's got to be Justin Steele. San Francisco Giants are interesting uh, because they have a lot of pitching and they've been good in bullpen games. But there's not one offensive piece on this team that if he were to go down, I would be much more concerned about the offense. A couple of names that come to mind. Wilmer Flores has been just on a heater all year. Tyro Estrada has been good. Conforto's been good. Peterson has been good. But if Logan Webb goes down, say goodnight. Bro, look at the roster resource for for, uh, the Giants on fan graphs right now. It's, It's actually fucking nuts. It's Logan Webb. It's a red line of Kyle Harrison will start on Tuesday, August 22nd. And then it's Alex Cobb. That's the whole fucking roster resource. That's it. Um, no, I have nothing to add, dude. Are you kidding me? Like they're bringing up a prospect who could be great. Kyle Harrison long-term he's walking. And, and this is going to age poorly. I'm sure he's going to throw a no hitter today. He's walking nearly seven per nine at the, at the triple a level. Um, there, I've never seen a roster resource like this. It's two names and a guy in red with a little asterisk next to it. So, yeah, that's all we have to say. That's all we have to say. And then the last team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
again, I'm going to go to another pitcher. If this team yeah. loses Zach Allen, it's over. And it's, it's, it's easy because like Christian Walker has been fantastic. Corbin Carroll is obviously incredibly impactful. Cattell Marte has been great this season. Lordy Scurriel Jr., Gabriel Moreno. We could keep going. Like we could just keep listing offensive players. And if one of them were to go down, it would stink. It sucks. But if they lose, if they lose the prohibitive favorite to win the National League Cy Young, they are done. Yeah, I mean, oh, you don't like Brandon Fott, Merrill Kelly, and Slade Jaconi. I like Merrill back. Kelly. I do but, like, like Merrill Kelly on. a lot too, yeah. but I don't like Merrill Kelly like that. Yeah. Um, to your point, you know, you could these are the people that would say, well, Corbin Carroll, he's playing like one of the best players in the league. Corbin Carroll, since he kind of messed that shoulder up, has not played well. He's been well off of his season numbers, and they're eight and two in their last ten. They're yep. playing great ball all of a sudden. When we thought the D backs were dead. They're right back in it. You know, I was just on on the morning after with our friend Ben Stevens, and you know, he was saying, like, who who stands out to you in that in that hunt? And I'm like, the fact that the D-backs have come back from the dead with their best offensive player not really playing right now, and the acquisition of Tommy Pham, and you know, I think he's fit in really well to help them against lefties. Yeah, I, I think they're they're fine offensively. Zach Allen out of that rotation, it's a it's a damn wrap. It's a wrap. All right, so now we move on to our next question, which is going to be a fun one. The question is, if you get to create your franchise with any three players, who would they be? Could be veterans, all-stars, prospects, etc. Asked by Tuli P. Tuli on Twitter. <laughs> so basically what we're going to do, this is a snake draft. Yeah. We're going to go back and forth, and we're going to draft the three best players that we want to start a franchise with. The only caveat is, no Shohei Otani, and you have to draft a pitcher. Yep. Arm, instead of doing a snake draft, we'll just go back and forth. Yes. Because we only have to pick three, yep. two hitters, one pitcher. You go first. Okay. Number one, I got to go Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, I'm going youth. I'm going MV- I'm getting I'm getting a young MVP. Like yeah, it's it's that simple. I, I got him forever. Uh it's it's a no-brainer to get Ronald here. For me, my first pick is Mookie Betts. He's very similar to Ronald Acuna Jr. He actually has the highest F4 in all of Major League Baseball. We're talking about home runs. He's one of the league leaders in home runs, but on top of it, plays an all-world defensive right field. He's just that dude. Give me Mookie Betts. Ah, I'm pissed now because I thought you were going to make my life easier. Um, I got I to gotta take J-Rod uh, with the next pick. I, I, I'm leaning J-Rod because... Look, you look at since the start of the 2022 season, J-Rod is second among all players in F4. Um, I like behind only Shohei Otani. So second among all players in F4. I, I gotta go with the guy that's what 20, what is he, 22 now? <laughs> I don't even all of these guys are so ridiculously young. If they're younger than me, I try to forget what their exact age is. I'm mean, going with the guy that's extremely young. Fought off a slow start, is playing out of his freaking mind. Had one of the best rookie campaigns we've seen. Uh, give me J Rod as a center fielder who you know can just absolutely defend the hell out of it out there too. So for my next pick, it's interesting because I have to go with a hitter, or I could go with my pitcher now. You know what? I am going to go with my pitcher now. For my second pick, I'm taking old reliable Mister Durable. Every fifth day, punching out guys. Give me Garrett Cole. Yeah. Garrett Cole is going to make 32 starts a year. He's old, he's though. Throw, 
He's going to throw 200 innings, but he's not that old, right? I know, I know. Give me Garrett Cole. That's fair. That's fair. I So my thing is like, I'm trying to, it, there's a sliding scale here of like dominance and youth. And it's yeah. like, okay, this guy might not be quite as good, but he's young and I got him on my franchise. But like Garrett Cole is going to, he's going to throw 200 innings, I think, till he like gets bored. I, yeah. I really think he's just going to be one of those guys. So now I have to take a pitcher. And, you know, with, I've made it well documented, especially in the call up, how much I cannot tolerate like pitcher risk. And you could go like Yuri Perez and say like, you know, oh, he's 20 years old and and this wonderkin and like, look at what he just did to the Dodgers. I need durability. That is like number one for me. I need durability. I'm going to go with my homer pick. I'm going to go Sandy Alcantara because you look at the age. You look at what he's able to do. I mean, even when this guy was struggling, like struggling through the first half of the year. He was still among the top 20 pitchers in F war because he still gave you six innings or seven innings. Like he might've gave up four earned, but at least your bullpen didn't get destroyed. Uh, you know, you're just talking about the Rangers like Max Scherzer. He, he, he used to be like this, but you know, struggled only went three and two thirds. They had to pull him like Sandy, even when he's bad, will get out and give you six or seven. Now he's come, you know, full circle. And since the all-star break has been Cy Young Sandy again. And I think that's who he's going to be. Talk about another guy that I think same conversation of Garrett Cole in terms of 200 innings every year, knock on wood. You never have to worry about health, gets ground balls, gets enough whiff. And again, every fifth day, I know that he's going to preserve my bullpen and there's a chance that he may just go the distance. Sandy Alcantara is a throwback starter that, I mean, I would love to start my franchise with. And I think the you're hearing, you know, in this draft that Arm and I really rely on durability being there every day and I'm trying to decide between three players. I'm trying to decide between Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, and Freddie Freeman. And who is the one name that is there every day, always hitting? It's Freddie Freeman. That is my next pick. He is third in Major League Baseball in F4 among all hitters. I know that when I turn on a Dodgers game, Freddie Freeman is going two for four and he might even steal you a bag. He's just so consistent, so reliable. Aaron Judge is more talented of an all-around player. Jordan Alvarez is a better hitter. Maybe. Maybe. I was saying, like, maybe. Not really maybe. at this point. <laughs> Freddie Freeman is just that dude. Well, if, if you're going to take a guy over the age of 30 to start your franchise, you should take the guy who defies the age curve. And I think Freddie Freeman absolutely defies the age curve. He actually reversed the age curve. I've never seen it before. He's reverse Uno, the, the, the age curve. I, you know, and I'm a guy that likes to like lean young. Can I tell you some of that I seriously was considering here? Absolutely. And, and I was so pumped that you brought him up earlier. Kyle Tucker. I was yep. seriously considering because Kyle Tucker might not win me MVPs. But I know that if I have Kyle Tucker on my ball club, and again, he's young, I got 10 plus years of four to five win seasons every single year moving forward. Like even if Kyle Tucker, I think he's going to keep improving. We've been kind of waiting for that MVP ascension. It hasn't happened yet. But like the last three seasons, man, it's absurd. 2021, 4.7 F F war, 145 WRC plus 30 home runs. 2022, 4.8 4.8 F4, 30 home runs, 129 WRC plus. And then this year so far, 
4.2 F4, 24 home runs, a 145 WRC+. plus. Sign me the fuck up for that every single year. Are you kidding me? With the defense, as you mentioned, the ability to play center, he's stealing bags more than ever, by the way. He had 25 bags last year, 24 already this year. Like, this dude is a walking model of consistency. And by the way, walking more than he ever has, striking out less than he ever has. I really considered Kyle Tucker uh, with with the pick instead of J-Rod. But, you know, J-Rod's younger and like could still keep getting better. You went younger, and I there was a part of me that wanted to lean younger, right? I was even thinking about potentially taking Bobby Wood Jr. I, that I mean, was been one of the best players too. in baseball. I yeah. was thinking about taking Adley Rutschman. But I you're betting on you're Corbin betting on Carroll. But it's just like the best bets in sports. Mookie Betts, Garrett Cole, and Freddie Freeman are going to be there every day, just hitting home runs and impacting the game on all different facets, and also being leaders in the clubhouse. They are yeah. just. The gold standard. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. should be the first overall pick because I think outside of Otani, he is the most talented, gifted player that we have in the game. And he's also been incredibly durable outside of an ACL injury. But he even played on one leg last year and was still a good player and now healthy. He's the runaway MVP. But when I do say runaway, the only people that are competing with him are Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. A couple other guys that I considered. Francisco Lindor, at this point, there is no shortstop that is close. Yeah. When you rank shortstops, Lindor is one. He is fifth in Major League Baseball in F4. 23 bombs, 20 stolen bases, world-class defense at, besides catcher, the most impactful defensive position. Yeah. Pitchers, Gosman every fifth day is getting his. And I'll continue to say that. I think Gosman is as safe of a pitcher. What's funny, I... I mean, when are we going to give Logan Webb his respect as just a guy who has a 2-9 ERA every, every year and just yeah. puts up a 58% ground ball rate and you just know what you're going to get? Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to see him in a very hitter-friendly ballpark, right? He gets to play out there at Oracle where the weather is normally good for pitchers and the and the park is huge. But at the same time, like he just keeps the ball on the ground, so it doesn't really matter. Was there anybody else that came across your big board yeah, I, and you were I, like, I, I had to take him? I seriously considered Corbin, and honestly, if it weren't for like the repetitive shoulder stuff, I would have I would have taken him. But like you know, he, he had the surgery his his first professional season. Now, since that thing like sublex again, he's or I don't think it reportedly sublex, but whatever that was, where he was holding holding his arm, and I was like gasping for air, freaking out about him. Um, you know, it just he hasn't been the same since, and I'm like worried that that could be a repetitive thing. He's a smaller dude, uh, but I definitely. Considered Corbin Carroll because he's one of my favorite players in a, in a long, long, long time. Um, but no, I, I would say it was Bobby Witt, like you said. Yuri Perez was a serious consideration, but like I want to see him stretched out. I want to see, yeah. you know, it's doing Grayson. See him, see him do Grayson. it a little bit more. Grayson, Grayson, Grayson Rodriguez, ever since he's gotten called up, 3.03 ERA in terms of stuff plus, which grades the physical characteristics of each pitch, like velocity, spin rate, all that kind of stuff, ranks sixth right behind Corbin Burns. He has been a train engine for yeah. the Baltimore Orioles. So if we're talking about young pitchers, Grayson Rodriguez needs to be in that conversation. And one more name for you. Yeah, I was going to say I had one more too. That's playing out of his mind right now. Talking about durability. Who's there every day? Marcus Semien. Yeah. The engine yeah. that goes. Yeah. He's just... He's becoming my favorite player in baseball. Arm. It's just, he's just so reliable. He's, he's so reliable. Just so reliable and so good. Like, he's yeah. not just like pretty good. 
He's one of the best players in baseball. Great defensively. Does everything you need on the baseball field. I love him. I love Marcus Semien. I'm I'm I'd get on a knee for Marcus Semien. I would. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I would say is is Gunnar Henderson. Um, you know, slow start. I think a little like, bit of a reach. A little bit of a if reach. You're going young and starting a franchise. Totally get it. But like, shit, he's I'm saying not going young and starting a franchise. Gunnar Henderson is, I think, could kind of play his way into that conversation. He he like cycle plus the other day. Um, yeah, he did. Which was <laughs> which was sick. But no, I know that one's a little bit of a reach. But at 20, he just turned 22. Like, holy shit. And he can play. He's been playing third, short. Like, he's he's an awesome talent, too. But I agree. He's a little bit more of a reach than the other guys. All right. Question number three. Which teams that are out of the hunt this year are you most optimistic could make a playoff push in 2024? Asked by Riley McElwine, two on Instagram. M-C-E-L-W-A-I-N, two. Sorry, people. I'm horrible with names. But thank you, Riley. I think I, I, think, um, who's I, think I read the that first... as Mackel, McElwain. McElwain. Arm, who's the first team that comes to your mind? It's it's just this is going to be the new fucking angels. Uh, the, the, the Padres, man. Like, it, it has to be. Like, they're, they're going to be the new LA Angels, and they're going to fucking ruin my life every single year because I'm going to always bet on them. But I mean, in terms of sheer talent, like, come on. Like, it's got to be. There's no team that has been more loaded and been 60 and 66 that I can remember than the Padres. So like the boring answer is them to start. Who are you looking at? And then I'll give a more exciting answer. Yeah, I'm so done with the Padres. Like there's a reason, right? There's plenty of players on the Padres that we could have chosen to build a franchise around. Juan Soto is one of them. He's going to get $700 trillion, most likely. Fernando Tatis Jr. is having a great year, kind of. He's got an OPS under 800, which not a lot of people are talking about. But he's still been incredible in right field. 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. We know how good he is. Manny Machado, they can't play together. Like there's something there, right? They're too damn good. They have... The second place finisher in the National League Cy Young as we sit here today in Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, Michael yeah. Waka has been awesome, but they don't win any games like you can't just point to the middle of the bullpen being the reason why they've lost games. They go down in games. They don't fight back. They go up in games. The bullpen blows it. They are not a winning no, team. No, it's it, it's not the same as the Blue Jays, but there's something there that is not indicative to winning and I, I don't know what it is it could be a clubhouse thing could be a managerial thing could be a culture thing I don't know but we've seen it too many times now to put our eggs in that basket similar with the angels I can't yeah. do it anymore I don't care if Otani's on the team I don't care yeah. if they get another Otani yeah. they're not winning not <laughs> no Otani's we're just no it's not happening so of the teams that are not in contention like the Reds would be my answer but they are in, contention, in contention right So I want to go with kind of a last place team and a team that's showing so much heart. But it's hard to make an actual argument for them. But man, they show fight. The Washington fucking Nationals, dude. Hey, like we love CJ Abrams. Lane Thomas is a stud at the plate. Joey Manessis. Stone Garrett is just raking balls. I I couldn't believe that he was just let go in the minor league free agency, basically. That was crazy to me. Mackenzie Gore has been good in spots, but you can see what he could possibly be. Of course, Josiah Gray. And then the bullpen is horrible, but like sometimes they get out. 
And like, they you just know, win games sometimes. You're not I like them. I like watching them. I actually don't hate that answer at all. You're also not investing in the bullpen when your team sucks. Like, I bet they yeah. invest a little bit more into the bullpen this coming year. And look, Dylan Cruz just skipped high A. You know, he he's going straight to double. I guarantee the plan is for Dylan Cruz to be up next year. Will he succeed? I, I think at least moderately, he's Dylan fucking Cruz. So Dylan you have Dylan. You have Dylan Cruz coming into the fold here. You hope that you get Kate Cavalli back. Yeah, I, I think that this team could be sneaky good next year. I also think they're going to spend a little bit of money. The Nationals are, you know, not not a break the bank team, but they're definitely not this like perpetually cheap team. Um, you know, I, they, I know they didn't want to pay, you know, Juan Soto all of the money that he wanted or Rendon all the money that he wanted or whatever it may be, but. I do think that they're going to spend some money this coming off season and go pick up some guys. They've got catching locked up in Kiebert Ruiz. They've got shorts up, as you mentioned, locked up with CJ Abrams. They've got a couple spots in the rotation set with Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore. I think they can find a way to, to kind of piece this team together and make it not bad at all. Another boring answer would be the Cardinals because I do like the youth that's coming up and you know that they're no. going to kind of find. No, 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 no. I mean, yes, obviously Cardinals fans, obviously, but yeah, no, I no. I want to buy into a team that actually stinks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like the Cardinals, like the Cardinals, the Padres, like there's teams I, that didn't you know make what? it this year. They would be our answer. But like, let's let me, let's 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 you know find the diamond in the rough here. Let's, let's, let's talk let, Tigers for a second. No, okay, well, <laughs> okay, here it's Tigers versus Pirates for me right here. And you know, I look at the Pirates. You know, what? I'm going to go with the fucking Tigers. I'm going to go with the fucking Tigers. Good. Uh, I like the Tigers. Because yeah, I saw a couple of questions that we got. Kind of. Wait, like, <laughs> I actually kind of like them too. And I, God, if they just didn't have Javier Baez, I'd feel so much better. But Riley Green is coming into his own. No yes. doubt about it. I have talked about Kerry Carpenter on this podcast for like two years now. And we're finally seeing Kerry Carpenter really, really blossom into the guy who just flat out rakes. Torkelson. I hope this keeps rolling. Looks like Spencer Torkelson has found it. Like this offense is coming together. They're going to clear some money now with Miguel Cabrera coming off the books, right? I, Javier Baez, he, he's opting in. No doubt about that. But, you know, the pitching is coming together a little bit. I, I, I don't know. He wants to stay a Tiger. Oh, clearly. He, he, wants to be a, he wants to be a career Tiger. Good for clearly, him. he doesn't want to go anywhere. But they got Tarek Skubal back. Matt Manning actually looks like a big league arm. Like they, they've got guys kind of coming together here. I think this team is not bad at all, as is. And I think it's going to get stronger and stronger. I do think that they're going to spend a little bit of money, too, and and put this together. And they also have a pretty decent farm system. So consider me in on on the Tigers long term. I'll, I'll, I'll make that my uh, my team here that I kind of believe in. And again, they've got other guys that are coming up through the pipeline that I think can help them. Here's my one issue with the Tigers and people who have been following my picks all year. You know, they are my one band team. <laughs> and it's because I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. I keep betting on Alex Fayetto and he keeps giving up home runs. I keep betting on Reese Olsen and he keeps sucking. Yeah. Like, But I see something there. Like the expected ERA, like they're all way lower because these guys have strikeout stuff. They don't really walk anyone and the hard hit rate isn't enormous. But then I bet on them and the wind is blowing in at Comerica and they still give up a 425 foot home run. And you're like, what? Like that would have been 480 everywhere else. Like what is going yeah. on here? And I think that's more of just I'm betting on them in the wrong spots or something. But you talked about those first guys like one of those pitchers. 
I fully believe is going to work. Will both of them work? I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And maybe both of them won't, but I believe that one of them is here to stay. But I agree. Alex Fido and Reese Olson. I agree. And then you've got Scooble and then you've got the guys you mentioned. You've got time adding coming up. You've got Job not too, too far away. And then Cole Keith is one of my favorite bats in the minor leagues. He I think he's a September call up. You know, he's a little bit limited defensively. He is either going to play first or third, probably end up playing third since Torque is, you know, anchoring that that first base spot. But again, that's a mash or two. I think the Tigers could be one of the more underrated young lineups in baseball uh, next next season. Couldn't agree with you more. Let's move on to our next question. But before we do, let's hear from our friends at Alt. Yeah, well, by the way, that that is a card that I am buying. Colt Keith, I've bought plenty of. And the place that you can do that is at alt.xyz. The baseball card market is heating up during the second half of the season here. And as we get into the playoffs, and the only place to search for cards is alt.xyz. It's the only platform that allows you to search all the major marketplaces and eBay at once. Just download the free alt app in our episode description, type a player card into the search bar and alt will return every graded card available for sale. Even better, you can save the search and be notified every time that a card is available. So for me, when I'm looking for Colt Keith, don't see anything on the market at that moment. I put a little, you know, save search mark there and I'll be notified Anytime somebody lists a Colt Keith card and then like a psycho, I will go and scoop that up immediately. You'll never want to use another app for researching and buying baseball cards ever again. It's also a great way to to get a price guide on maybe a card that you pulled, a card that you bought a while ago. They have a really, really advanced pricing system to get an idea of what recent sales were and what your card is worth. So go check out that link in our episode description so they know that we sent you. And I think you will never use any other app to you know, track your baseball cards, sports cards in general, uh, and buy or sell on there as well. Our next question. Out of all the teams in contention, who do you have the least faith in when it actually comes down to winning a playoff series? Asked by Alex Cornell 26 on Instagram. I think we should give an answer for both the American League and the National League. And my National League team is very easy. My American League team is very hard. So I'll just start with the National League. If the Giants make it in the postseason, I don't hmm. see them winning against anyone. I, I I like I like them. I think they can win games in the regular season in low-scoring battles when they're using the bullpen. But at the end of the day, you spelled it out with their rotation. If Logan Webb loses game one, which is possible, of course it is. It's the playoffs. They're done. It's a wrap. Like yeah. they won't be able to hit enough. They don't yeah. have the power. They don't their depth in the lineup is not good. Like at sometimes they look like a last place team when they play. And then yeah. sometimes they beat the Braves four to three with Jacob Junis versus Max Freed. Like sometimes that happens and it looks awesome. And I'm in. But more often than not, you get into the playoffs. I cannot see the Giants winning a playoff series against anyone in that's in contention right now. I really don't. Cause I think other teams have upside, right? We talk about the Diamondbacks, like gallon Kelly, you can win those games, right? If we're looking at other teams on the fringe, like the Marlins, I think the Marlins beat the giants in a playoff series. The Phillies do, right? I think the Cubs could beat them. I think the reds could beat them. I think the giants of all the remaining contenders have the least amount of upside, decently high floor, but it's not even that high of a floor. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's 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 the Giants. I mean, 
we're seeing a team that's again, like I think their their roster moves kind of scream uh, panic mode, right? It's it's fight or flight a little bit with this team. They didn't even need to add Wade Mekor to the forty for another year or two now, or for several more years, I believe. And now they're going to have to, you know, have a little bit more of a forty man crunch because they panicked and and brought Mekor up and thought that he could be a better option than you know, uh, Elliot Ramos or Luis Matos, who were also kind of panic options. And, you know, now they pick up Paul DeYoung and like, they're, they're just trying everything right now. And I think a team that's throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks, it kind of tips their hand already as probably one of the more vulnerable teams in the hunt. Um, you know, I, w- I would, I would highlight the Marlins, but when you have, I mean, you just saw what Yuri Perez did to the Dodgers, uh, in, I mean, that was unbelievable. That was one of the best rookie pitching performances I've seen basically since Spencer Strider. But uh, before, besides that, like I can't remember a much better rookie pitching performance recently. Then you have, you know, you hope Lizardo turns it around. Like they just have so many arms and the, the bats have come alive a little bit. I feel better about that team being a little bit more complete than the Giants. I'd highlight the Reds but they're going to get Lodolo back very soon. They have green back. I know his first start was a disaster, but you know, he's still better than Luke Weaver uh, and they've been hanging around and Ellie's playing better. I'm with you. I think, I think the giants are the obvious answer here. Who's your team in the American league? Because this one is, is interesting because it's not the Astros. It's not the Rangers. It's not the Mariners. It's probably not the twins because I think the twins can get you. If their bats are hot, their pitching is so good and they're, bullpen when Rocco Baldelli puts in the right arms in the right situations they can be good it's not the Orioles I still think that if the Rays have Eflin Savali and Glass now it's tough to beat so I'm trying to decide between the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and you might say yeah it's definitely the Red Sox yeah they keep fucking winning they keep Is fucking it, winning. No, they I mean, keep like, winning. Like the Blue Jays are so disappointing on them. They can't hit. Vladdy. I mean, I could just go for days about how disappointed I am in him. But when the Blue Jays and the Red Sox play each other, the Red Sox win. When the Blue Jays play the Orioles, the Orioles win. Yeah. The Blue Jays aren't winning against the AL East. Yeah. Like they can't really hit at home. Vladdy has an OPS under 700 at home. I what's with the Canada? The what's what's with the Canada effect on some of these guys? Both then Jordan Romano pitches in the United States, and he's like a decent reliever. That he pitches in Canada, he's Mariano yeah. Rivera. It's it's bizarre. And to your point, though, the Red Sox against teams over 500, 33 and thirty three. Uh, you look at the the Blue Jays against teams over five hundred, the thirty seven and forty. That might not sound like the biggest difference, but when you're a team that's three games behind them. You shouldn't have a you know a better record against teams better than than 500. Again, Boston now they struggle with the, the they kind of play down to their competition. We saw them lose the series to the Nationals. We saw them struggle with the Royals. They're 31 and um or, or I got to find below 500. I don't think it's been very good for them. And you know you look at what the, the Blue Jays have done. They just torch teams that are below 500. So you know for me it, it's one of those interesting spots where. I on on paper, I don't trust the Red Sox pitching, but like shit, man, then fucking Cutter Crawford goes out there and gives you a gem, you know, and, yeah. and then, you know, Chris Martin to Kenley Jansen right now is 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 lights out. It's lights out with those two. So 
I'm going to go with the twins. I know you, you eliminated them and, and I love the twins. Like I've tried to talk myself into this twins team, but this offense, man, I just see them stalling out the same way. We saw the Mariners stall out last year against the Astros where you're just like, Holy shit. They're not going to score a run. Like, Oh my God. And even when the pitching holds up their end of the bargain, you're sitting there and you're like, they're not going to get the one run that they need to get. Everyone's punching out like Edward Julian, like has this like, come down to earth moment in the playoffs Jorge Polanco gets banged up again. Correa keeps being a shell of himself. Kepler like faces a lefty. I don't know. I just see it like all <laughs> Royce Lewis, like runs into the first baseman. And then it's like Matt Walner, Ryan Jefferson, Joey Gallo striking out. And then Michael A. Taylor rounding things. Like I already see it, bro. Like I just, I already see it. It, and it kills me because I fucking love this team. They're so, there's so much fun. They're like my MLB, the show team. But fuck, I can't watch them anymore. I can't. I'm so sick of it. And I think they're very flawed. And I follow some Twins folks. They can't stand their own team. I just saw a headline the other day that was Twins considering Byron Buxton in the outfield. The fuck do you mean? Like, I understand why that they haven't had him out there. But, like, that's a headline that they're considering Byron Buxton in the outfield? Like, I, I I can't do it with this fucking team, man. I, I, I'm i most concerned about them. That's it. Like, that's it. Max Kepler faces the lefty. <laughs> that was beautiful. I'm switching my answer to the Twins. <laughs> You're right. Like, the Blue Jays versus the Twins. Who's winning that series? The Blue Jays are. Dallas Keuchel gets the ball in game five, spinning it. <laughs> yeah, like- 85 mile an hour sinker. Like, I, I can't do it, man. I can't. You and Jack are obsessed with the Twins. I feel like I've always known them. They're just not They're good. frauds. They're frauds. I've just, I, you know, it's funny because I've seen the Yankees so many times in the playoffs when I didn't think the Yankees were good enough, and then they fuck up the Twins. And I'm like, okay, but we have a shot. Then we get steamrolled by the Astros or somebody else. I'm like, well, there you go. Like, it was like the Yankees against the Guardians last year where they, at least, like, the Guardians took them to five. Yeah. Twins, they've taken the Yankees to five. Like, they're it's not a team that, they're maybe a gentleman's. They're, they're not a team that battles to me and and grinds yeah. it out and steals one. It's like, and I think Rocco they get... Baldelli puts, oh, like, yeah. I, I Martin about Moran in, in a tie game because it's a lefty when the lefty has reverse splits. Like, come on, we got to be better. And then I hear from Twins Twitter, it's like, what do you mean? Giovanni Moran's is our lefty. Get a better lefty because yeah. it ain't working. I'm with you. I'm with you. God, you and I just fucking read the twins. I'm sorry, twins fans, but come no, on. We I see what you see what we're seeing. All right, let's keep going. This is a good one, Arm. And this one, this one's for you, but I have my answer, but I'm sure you have multiple answers. Which trade has the highest chance of flaming out at this deadline? From last season, it was probably the Tyler Malley deal. So what is it this season? If we remember, Tyler Malley was traded in exchange for Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Strand, who are both contributors this year for the Reds. And Tyler Malley has not really pitched for the Minnesota Twins. That was asked by Naoki Baseball Nerd on Instagram. I'm just going to give you my answer first, and then you can agree or disagree because I know you're going to have multiple answers. Yeah. Kyle Manzardo was traded for Aaron Savali. Now, Aaron Savali is a good pitcher. But Kyle Manzardo is one of those guys that I think you're going to put in a lineup for a long time, and he's going to hit fifth for a decade. Yeah, Like, you look at his stats, right? You even look at his swing. It's a sweet swing, but it, there's no real swing and miss. There's tons of walks. There's doubles. There's home runs. 
Like that was a big piece to give up. Now I understand it from the Rays' perspective. They had a crunch. They have so many first base, third base prospects. So I'm not saying the Rays were completely wrong to trade him. It wasn't like they needed him anyway. But just looking back on that trade, I think Manzardo is going to be one of the better hitters for the Guardians for a long time, while Aaron Savali is probably going to be pretty good for the Rays for a season or two. Yeah, you know, that's the thing is like, it's tough because it's like, there's the lens of, yes, Savali is probably one of the only reasons why they have a pulse at this point. Okay, great. You have a pulse. You get bounced in the wild card round and... And now you don't have a first baseman for seven years. Like you traded away a guaranteed starting first baseman with you know six seven years of control for what? I mean, there's a reason why the Guardians moved Josh Bell. One financially, two, it was that I they believe in Manzardo to the degree that I think he can you know be that first baseman for them. Naylor can DH and play a little outfield, whatever. They'll, they'll move it around. They'll figure it out. But I think Manzardo was a big part of that. And, and I think he's one of these I, I have him in my write-up on top of, on our top 100 list as the one of the safest offensive profiles in the minor league. So, you know, I, I thought that that easily could be one that they regret. Um, I, I weirdly a small deal that and I'll, I'll get to a more exciting one, but I just want to mention it before I forgot. I think it's weird that the Brewers just decided to move off Luis Arias so quickly. For what, like Bradley Blaylock, some you know, you know, a random right-handed pitcher? Like Arias has already swung it pretty well. We've seen him in the past swing it really well. I thought that was a weird, random kind of like dump off there. But I think the number one, number one, number one, number one thing is going to be that Lucas Giolito trade. I, I, I just, I wanted the Angels to stand pat. I wanted them to maybe even soft buy, like we saw the Padres do, right, and go get a. Like Rich Hill might end up giving similar production to what they got from Lucas Giolito. No, like, that's that's so me to Giolito. Rich Hill has been horrible. How bad is he? But Giolito's been bad too. Go how, look at how me. bad is Rich Hill been? Can you pull the numbers it's, up? It's three innings. I, I like. I know what it is. I've, okay. Okay. It's maybe three that's, innings, seven hits, five earned every single outing. Okay. Well, at least thank you for holding me accountable. I won't. I won't be too hyperbolic. But yeah, because my, that is he has been horrible. Okay. Giolito's been bad. Okay, last start, last last start from Rich Hill, five innings, two hits, three runs, three Ks. Okay. Okay. But You're no, right. I'm with you. You know what? Like, I take it back. But no, my, my point being though, like Giolito was never gonna move the needle for you. Like he's a mid four ZRA guy. You knew that when you got him. And Reynaldo Lopez, like he's in, if he had control, I'd get it. Rental reliever, rental starter. That's crazy. I was pounding the table for the Angels to keep Otani, and I stand by that. And I, I would have liked them to add. That's fine, too. But they they added, I think, an asset that doesn't help them that much. That is a rental. And they also traded somebody for that, like in that deal that I think is their was probably their best prospect and probably one of their better options. And since the trade, by the way, Edgar Caro, switch hitting catcher who's 20 years old in double A, 328, 389, 459 slash line as a switch hitting catcher with a 10% walk rate and 15% K rate in double A. Caro is going to be their starting catcher at some point next year. And Lucas Giolito will be pitching in LA or something like that. And not, not for the Angels, for like the Dodgers or something. Like that, that one blows my mind uh, because. Carroll, I think they sold him at the lowest possible value. 
and for two rentals. That that was that's one that I think they'll regret for a really long time. The thing is, they do have Logan O'Hoppy, though, kind of similar to the Rays, no, no right? Doubt. They could trade from, you know, a surplus. No doubt. And I would have used that to go get Lorenzen or, you know, somebody else, just anything like the, else. The, the Phillies got Lorenzen for their, an infield prospect that I'm How sure the you Phillies don't Lee. even care about. How you Lee, who is like a similar offensive profile, slightly diminished and set like stuck at second base. So like you have a catcher, like, like first it, of all, Tigers, like what are we doing there, right? Yeah, like yeah, like, we're talking about a... prospects. They're going to regret the prospects. Like Tigers, can we be better? Yeah, well, you just you just saw what Edward, Edgar Caro got you. If you attached Foley or something, you could have got a haul. And that's what kind of what I'm talking about here is like if you dangled Caro elsewhere. To me, it was just like a panic move. A lot of teams, I think, would have given up more. For Edgar Caro. And, you know, I, that that's I don't mind trading Caro. I, I floated him as one of the best trade chips going into the season and going into the trade deadline. But like, that's what you cash it in for? A rental Giolito and a rental Reynaldo Lopez when you know it's unlikely that you make the playoffs? Like, that one I think is really going to uh, sting for them for a while because I do think he's going to be a, a big league piece um, for, for a good time. And then I, I don't think that the – I don't think that the Blue Jays are going to miss Matt Svonson very much because uh, I won't pretend to know anything about Matt Svonson, but he acquired Paul DeYoung and then just <laughs> DFA'd, DFA'd him. him like three weeks later. So you basically just gave away Matt Svonson. Um, that, that one's got to be in the conversation, too. I saw this question um, from our guy, Kyle Taylor Portraits, who, again, shout out, made all of these behind me. Go check him out on Instagram uh, just to wrap up because that was our last question. But he said, um, and I'm not sure exactly what he said, but I know it was about the Cardinals because I think he's a Cardinals fan. He was like, does it say anything about the Cardinals front office that they kept Paul DeYoung this entire time, kind of traded him for nothing, and that a team gets Paul DeYoung and DFAs him? Three weeks later, does it say anything about the Cardinals? It made me laugh. I'm not sure it, exactly like, what it does, does, but it made me laugh. It kind of does. Like the Cardinals are sit on their hands like none others. Like, are you? Yeah. Ex- how excited are you to talk about the Cardinals this offseason? Absolutely not at all. Because they said the team's going to look different. The same thing. Cardinals fans, I'm going to scream into this mic. Yeah, they Get said they starting said the, pitching. They said they the won't. team's going to look different. And I think by that, they're just going to like change the jersey color or something. Like that's Which are fire. Yeah, they're, know, they're actually they're going to come up with a, some sick jerseys. Cardinals, wherever they are, whether it's the baby blue, whether it's just the whites and the reds, fire jerseys. 100%. The problem is they don't really win baseball games. And Aram, I'm not patting myself on the back because I didn't even end up betting it, but I'm going to keep bringing it up. And that's the reason, folks, because I always sometimes get DMs like, why do you guys bring up odds so much? Because sometimes the odds makers know more than we do at the beginning of the season and not sometimes kind of all the time, all the time. But there's sometimes where you can go into the market and win bets, obviously. But like there's a reason Vegas is so shiny with all the water. I was gonna say, there's a reason why there's castles in the desert, man. Like- On BetMGM, the Cardinals were minus 110 to win the Central. And I stared at that line on this podcast and I was like, I'm not saying the Cardinals are not going to win the division, but there's no fucking way I'm betting on the Cardinals to win this division. No. Look at that stinky ass line. But we did hit the market. Arizona Diamondbacks over 74 and a half wins. Our biggest bet on this podcast. Bombs. They're, 10, they're 11 wins away, baby. And it's yeah. the middle of August. Give us the give us a castle in the desert. Uh, they, they, bo- they botched that one. 
Well, thank you, BetMGM, for the free money. <laughs> and thank you all for listening to this episode. This was the mailbag. We had a bunch of other questions, but of course, Arm and I get talking and we'll have plenty of mailbags down the line and, and, and plenty of ones in the offseason, too. Not a lot of team specific, but I feel like we did touch, I feel like, on every single team. And if we didn't touch on your team, let us know in the comment section. We'll be sure to answer your questions moving forward. But the best way to support the Just Baseball show is to get yourself some Just Baseball merch. You can find that in the episode description. Arms rocking the fire polo. You can find those in the episode description. Check out our sponsors, right? Card collectors. Go get alt. It's free. It's in the episode description. It's going to save you money on cards. For all my gamblers out there, bonus bets every Wednesday, every Saturday on BetMGM. And then when you use code Just Baseball, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you sign up. But if you don't like cards, you don't like gambling, you don't want to leave a comment, you don't want to do anything, you don't want to spend a dime, we get it. I mean, it'd be nice if you did, but I get it. If you could at least rate and review this podcast five stars, whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling generous, we'd love a written review. Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I go check out those written reviews. They're phenomenal. We love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. That's Arm. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody. 